You are listening to episode number 22 of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leads to a lasting impact in your business, brand, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons that you want and need to become love noteworthy. Welcome back, lovers, to another episode of The Love Noteworthy Show. My name is Reese, and I will be your host today. I cannot believe it's almost the end of the year, and in looking at 2015, I know that a lot of people will set goals to get promoted in their jobs, to really find that dream career of theirs, and that is why you are in for a special treat today. And with that, my guest on the show today is Armida Ascano, and she is the third in command at Trend Hunter, which is the number one trend trend report. Reporting, a popular collection of cutting edge ideas based website that is fueled by more than I think it's over 150,000 curious people these days. And those are the people that are submitting trends and writing for a community that receives over 60 million views each month as well. And Armida is a very young woman. She worked her way up the corporate ladder. And that is why I thought it would be a perfect opportunity to talk to her about how to really climb the corporate ladder in heels, so to speak. And for those of you who are looking to advance in your career, she provides a lot of really great details. She does do all the hiring of the interns for the company, as well as manages quite a few people and staff. And she provides very tangible pieces of advice throughout the episode on exactly how you can really stand out and pursue the next level in your career. So with that, I present to you episode number 22 featuring Armida Ascano from Trend Hunter. And today I'm very happy to be talking about climbing the corporate ladder, which is a topic I know a lot of you want to know more about. So as ambitious women, I know that we're always seeking opportunities to climb the corporate ladder, but it may not be as easy as it seems. So I have somebody here who I'm very pleased to be talking to about this topic. And my guest today is Armida Escano, and she's the senior editor of Trend Hunter, which is the world's largest and most popular trend community. And this is based out of Toronto in Canada. So Armida has worked her way up to kind of the third in command as the senior editor. And she's done this in just a few short years, which is amazing considering that Trend Hunter has a community of over 132,000 members and has about 60 million page views monthly, which is insane. So in other words, she's kind of a big deal, and I'm really excited to be talking to her today. Yeah! <laughs> so thanks so much for speaking with me today, Armida. No problem. Super excited to be here. <laughs> um, so let's just dive right into it. For the viewers who may not know, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Trend Hunter? Sure. So um, Trend Hunter is actually kind of a two-headed company, and um, people who are familiar with the Daily Magazine, which, like you said, um, gets 60 million views monthly, has 132 contributors globally, um, they know that we have another side to the business. They're not entirely sure what it is, so I'm going to 
let everybody know what that is. Yeah. Um, basically, we take all of those views, we take all of those articles, something like 150 to 200 a day, and uh, we scan them for patterns, which we end up turning into reports that we sell to companies like Victoria's Secret. Um, we've made reports for Kellogg's. And um, yeah, I think that it's a great place to kind of find a nice marriage between, um, first of all, great journalism, um, second of all, just really interesting topics that you find online, um, and business savvy. There's science to our method, which is really interesting, um, which is really interesting because generally when you look at places that um, venture into trends as an industry, they like to focus more on the idea of trend gurus or just, you know, um, kind of leaving it all up to one person's expertise, whereas we we look at it like stadiums upon stadiums upon stadiums of uh, focus groups. Because what we're basically doing is going to the people who are looking at these things and um, asking them what they think is cool. So, yeah, I guess that's Trend Hunter in a nutshell. Yeah, it's really exciting. I get really excited personally about Canadian companies that are sort of like the world's experts in a certain topic. So yeah, really definitely. cool that the company is based out of Toronto. So with you, I know that you started with Trend Hunter and moved your way up. So why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about your journey with the company and sort of graduating from university or finishing your program and how you are the senior editor today? Definitely. So, um, Basically, I went to ad school at Seneca, um, and my whole thing was that I wanted to learn about advertising because it um, it's it's a place that kind of marries a love of pop culture, and I'm a huge pop culture junkie um, with consumer behavior and you know the whole concept of selling things and, and businesses. Um, so. That being said, uh, Trent Hunter was invited to give an information session for the program because obviously if you want to work at an ad agency, you need to understand trends, you need to understand the younger demographic, you need to understand the internet. And although the information session was just meant to spark inspiration for people who wanted to create ads, um, I looked at the session and was like, I want to work here. Like, <laughs> why, why would I go anywhere else um, when I could just work at a place that focuses specifically on pop culture? Um, so from there, I just I applied for the Trend Hunter Academy program, which is technically an internship, but we like to think about it more as um, it is basically an education. We have a lot of um, seminars we go through for things like search engine optimization, um, how to write for an online audience, uh, that kind of stuff. And um, when I applied for the internship, I knew that I eventually wanted a job at Trend Hunter. I knew that I didn't, <laughs> I think at one point I told, um, I told our chief Trend Hunter, Jeremy, I'm not leaving the property without a job, which <laughs> I wouldn't suggest doing that. I'm sure it's illegal. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just approached the whole thing with, um, with complete determination. And here I sit. That's amazing. So when, what was the position that you started in once you were hired? Um, when I started on, I actually started working more on the business side, which is interesting because everything's kind of come full circle. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, I started on doing ad research. So what I was doing was um, kind of looking into where different advertising opportunities were for us, um, different places where we could get revenue. And I was also editing on the side. Now, keep in mind that I went to school for advertising, so I, I really didn't have any formal editorial experience, though um, I wanted to work at an ad agency as a copywriter, so I was familiar with um, writing short, snippy things that are basically tweets. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I was kind of balancing between working on the business side, working on the editorial side, and um, the first. I should also mention I've done a lot of different roles at Trend Hunter. So after I kind of worked on the ad project and um, was finished with that, and that was where we wanted to be, um, we found that a big strength of mine was in training and hiring, which is when I wound up taking on the um, academy strategist role. That basically means that I was in charge of formulating and executing um, the training seminars that we give, as well as acting as the hiring manager, I would say. Um, and kind of from there, I just kept honing with my editorial skills. Um, I guess being the person who spent the most amount of time um, with the actual trend hunters we had in office, I kind of got more of a feel for the issue. Um, and from there, I found my way to senior editor. Wow, that's amazing. It's definitely good to have Thank a job diversification and like be able to learn all these different skill sets, right? Because ultimately, that's going to help you to lead a team. So. Um, you spoke a little bit about how you're the strategist for the Intern Academy, and I know you do a lot of hiring at Trend Hunter. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because I know that's kind of essential in climbing the corporate ladder is getting the job first to get your way into the organization. So um, as a Gen Y, hiring other Gen Y or people that are potentially like older than you or around the same age, what are some qualities that you really look for in a good candidate? Like, Are there these universal qualities regardless of position or what kind of things would you recommend for people that are going into an interview? I generally go by, I have like a, a holy trinity of qualities that I look for in a potential applicant. Okay. So I would say problem solving, adaptability, and teamwork. Um, and originally I had thought that these things were most important if you plan to work at a startup, which I find most people finding their start, usually they start at a startup. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> But I recently realized, considering I, I do have friends who work at larger companies and started out at larger companies, that these things are applicable across the board. Um, so let's start with adaptability. Uh, adaptability, I think it's important, and obviously, you know, giving you the rundown of how my career at Trend Hunter has gone so far, I, I am naturally the kind of person who wants to stick myself into every facet of a project that I'm working on. Um, I thrive on adaptability. Some people don't, but I think it is important to be able to deal with change as it comes, especially in times that are as uncertain as these. Um, like, if we stop and think about the fact that we just recovered from a recession, and we are also now a community that, um, that communicates mostly on a very, very new form of communication, um, we are in a time of change. So being able to deal with that and being able to keep your wits about you while things are changing is very important. Um, aside from that, then problem solving. So most people I find when faced with a problem, um, the questions that they immediately ask are questions that are about uh, you know, why the problem is happening, um, whose fault is this, um, how did this happen? That kind of stuff. And these things are important, but I I think it's best when a person is more interested in the solution. Yeah. Um, so I have always believed that the follow-up question when you find out what that you are facing a problem is how do we fix it? Um, and it's surprising how, how seldom people uh, think about that first. So I think being able to have that skill of problem solving is very important as well. Um, finally, teamwork. So teamwork and it's interesting because um, 
we do career training here at Trend Hunter for our um, academy program, which basically means that we round up uh, every every Trend Hunter that we've hired on, and we talk to them about how to best handle interviews. We talk to them about how to revamp their resumes, and specifically, we talk to them about something we call the the millennial death card. Um, so the millennial death card is basically um, the list of assumptions that will be made about you simply because you're part of Generation Y. And among those things is the, uh, the preconceived notion that we are a selfish generation uh, because we love taking selfies and we, you know, have Twitter bios, whatever. Um, so because of that, I think it's important that we all know that when we do become part of a team, it's not about us anymore. Um, in my opinion, the most successful companies are companies with teams that consist of people who all know that they're working toward the same goal. Um, of course, it's very important to always keep your eye on the prize in terms of your own personal growth. Um, but I think if you are, if you do find yourself at a company that has a goal that you don't believe in, you, you should probably find another place to go, um, which is easier said than done, of course. But um, I just think that knowing that everybody's working toward the same thing and being able to uh, to keep that in your mind on a day-to-day basis will will make for a much better experience. Okay, so I totally agree. Uh, to play a little bit of devil's advocate, like teamwork is obviously very important, but when moving up the corporate ladder, how do you really differentiate yourself or be proactive um, to show that willingness to want to be promoted when you're trying to be a team player? That's a very good question. Um, so I, I do think that it'll end up looking different for everybody, um, but there are it's, it's a matter of playing up your strengths, of course, and I guess aside from doing the absolute best that you can do, um, I would say make an active effort to learn about different parts of the business. Um, there is... There's always big opportunity there as long as you're willing to just speak up. And um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being vocal about your achievements and knowing exactly what you deserve. Um, I guess another part of that then is being able to foster a very communicative relationship with your managers. And for those who are watching, I would say if, if you currently aren't in a position where you feel comfortable speaking with your managers about things that you've done right um, and things that you feel you deserve, then start working on it now. It's not as hard as you would think. Um, and remember that your managers were once you, so they'll understand where you're coming from. And at the end of the day, they want you to thrive. Going back to the communication, uh, I know a lot of... Gen Ys, as well as women more specifically, I would say, um, in terms of like negotiating their salary when they're first hired, as well as when they're at that position where they're going to be promoted or they're at um, one of their reviews in their organization, do you have strategies for negotiating a salary increase? Um, I definitely do. So this is actually a topic that I was looking up on um, for quite some time, especially in the first year of my career, um, because you're right, it is something that young people, specifically women, um, sometimes have trouble with. And aside from that, it's just straight up scary uh, looking at somebody and being like, uh, this is a nice number, but this is a nicer number, you know? Um, but I would say, and this is for yourself as well as, not you yourself, but this is for uh, the person who's looking to negotiate as well as for the person they're negotiating with, know exactly why you deserve what you're asking for. Um, I would say go so far as to write everything down. Um, and it's important as well to make sure that all of the reasons that you end up writing down are either in past or present tense, um, because promises for what you think you 
well, promises for what you know you can do are lovely, um, but at the end of the day, the proof is in the pudding. So, you know, being able to recall times where you did show authority, you did show adaptability, um, you did show great leadership skills, you did solve a problem, that's, that's kind of where um, I want this and I deserve this end up connecting. That's great. Really, really great advice. I know um, I was like reading the statistic that like while men traditionally are still making more than women, a lot of the reason why is because they're more like 57% are likely to negotiate a salary, whereas only like 7% of women are. So that's yeah. where the yeah. increases happen for men as opposed to women early on in their careers, right? Yeah, there's also, there's a great um, site that I visit sometimes called SheNegotiates.com, I don't know if you've heard of it, yeah, yeah. Um, which is all about just teaching women how to negotiate, um, and I think it's a very, very important skill. There's nothing wrong with tooting your own horn. <laughs> I know, it's weird, we're kind of self-conditioned, like, even though we're doing these selfies and kind of like self-promoting ourselves on social media, a lot of times it's really hard in person to be like, well, I'm amazing, and I do this, and I do that, and I deserve this. Um, yeah, exactly. It's interesting as well, because um, if I scroll through my Instagram feed right now, I will see probably, you know, 10 to 12 selfies, but probably 8 to 9 of those will be captioned with something self-deprecating, yeah, totally. um, which I think is a, is a bit of a problem with our generation. For sure. It's like, almost if we self-depreciate ourselves, it allows us to, like, post things that we really want to, but are too afraid to promote in like a positive light, right? Yeah, yeah. Really funny, but just be yourself. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we talked a little bit, bit about this before, but are there any universal personality traits that you think help people advance in the workplace? I know we had talked a little bit about communication. Um, is there anything that you found that really helped you personally um, as somebody that's more of a leader in your organization to move up? Sure. Um, I would say, and actually this is something that we teach during the career sessions that I mentioned earlier, um, the absolute best piece of armor you can have for yourself going into an interview, going into a new position, whatever, is self-awareness. Um, so I, for every person that I interview, um, I kind of, like we always ask the question, I'm sure many of you have been asked this question during interviews as well, what is your biggest strength? And then to follow up, what is your biggest weakness? Mm -hmm. Well, what we teach here during our career sessions is that your biggest weakness should be uh, the exact opposite of your biggest strength. Um, because, it, I mean, that's just how human nature is. So I, for example, am the kind of person who's very big on um, ideation. And um, I get very enthusiastic about things, and that helps kind of fuel a team. On the flip side of that, um, I struggle with organization sometimes, and I struggled with organization when I first started at Treadhunter for sure. Um, so the ability to know what your biggest strength is and what your biggest weakness is, and then moving forward how to kind of remedy that is um, the most useful thing you can have, personally, I think, in any situation, whether employment-related or not. Okay, that's great. That's great. Um, Kind of switching gears here, is there a typical amount of time that you should wait before kind of making me ask for a promotion or, because I know sometimes just organically people leave and then there's the opportunities, but other times you really have to kind of be in control of your own destiny and make the ask um, and perhaps we'll create a position for you or there's that opening. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's as simple as like a set amount of time that passes. Um, so... 
As I had said earlier, I think my biggest tip for, for uh, people who want to start negotiating their salaries or their positions is knowing exactly why you deserve what you're asking for. I think when you've been in a company long enough to know that there were maybe um, just numerous examples of times when you really, really made a difference in the company, um, that's when it's time. That's when it's an appropriate time to ask. Um, because really there are some people who can work, you know, three years at a company and never make a large contribution, and then there are people who can work at a company for a month and have made, you know, endless contributions. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't really say it's as much of a time thing as it is uh, a work style thing. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, we've talked a lot about things that you should do or personality traits that you could potentially possess. What are some things that you should not do if you're looking to move up in the organization? <laughs> oh, man. Bad news um, cases that you can anonymously talk about? <laughs> well, I will speak in more general terms. Um, so we, we do something here at Trend Hunter um, that's called Feel Smart Friday. And uh, we have a sister site called Keynotes.org, which is basically a collection of um, keynote speeches that are based on many different topics. Um, so we recently did one that was about communication in the workplace um, and kind of the entire team sat in on the whole thing. And one of the big highlights of that was um, this exact topic, things that you should not do in the workplace. Um, for me, I would say that the most important thing to steer clear of is placing blame. Um, and not really being able to be to be held accountable for things. Um, and referencing back to the millennial death card, this is something that we are apparently prone to, um, is not being able to take responsibility when we make mistakes. Everybody is bound to make mistakes, so owning up to them is a really, really great thing. And one thing that I believe no one should ever say in a workplace is, I was never told not to do this, or I was never told to do this. Because uh, what people are looking for, what your employers are looking for, is somebody who understands how to work independently. Um, so kind of moving back to your question as well about uh, um, being able to, to move between new projects or a new position seamlessly, um, being able to look at your project with a very analytical set of eyes and knowing when you should just move forward and, and do something extra or move forward and fix a problem on your own is very important. So let's say, for example, you're working on a specific project and something goes wrong and you don't do anything about it because no one told you to. Um, eventually, your manager will approach you and say, why hasn't this been fixed? And if you respond because no one told me to, um, then it's pretty obvious that you're not the kind of person who can be trusted with a big project. Yeah, so being proactive is definitely key. Exactly, yeah. As a trend hunter, can you tell us some of the top trends that you foresee in Canadian workplaces? Well, um, for those who are familiar with the site, you'll know that we cover a lot of, um, a lot of strange things, a lot of interesting things as well. Um, so we end up seeing a lot of pretty unconventional stuff. Um, my actual like favorite trend of all time is one that applies to office culture, and um, it's office partying. So basically what it is is that there is a group of kind of young, hip, urban um, workers in Sweden who are holding like dance parties over their lunch break. Yeah, so... <laughs> 
Yeah, like it's it's pretty crazy, and it. I personally think it makes sense. You know, we have beer parties at Trend Hunter, so every Friday we kind of break early. We all share not share beer, but we all um, drink a beer and just blow off some steam. But the idea that some people are out there doing that during their lunch break really just blows my mind. Um, another one that we already are seeing evidence of on the site is um, people kind of using work time to also work out. Um, so we're talking chairs that are designed to help you work your core uh, while you're next to your computer. Um, we're talking desks that are uh, a treadmill attachment, um, which I guess is kind of battling the idea that people who work in offices are fairly inactive. Yeah. I'm fairly inactive, so, <laughs> you know, maybe I'm an example of that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's becoming a big thing as people become more and more concerned with health um, that's definitely something people are trying to do. It's all about multitasking. On the Gold Zebra, we have some videos with my friend Olivia, and she does these kind of 10-minute coffee break workouts that you can do in your office, like if you can snag a boardroom mm -hmm. or something and just use like a textbook or whatever to do some mm -hmm. core training for 10 or 15 minutes because at the end of the day, that's better than nothing, and it really exactly. helps you to reinvigorate yourself for the afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. Even for a lot of people who are working these jobs, um, they tend to be pretty high demand, and when you get home from work, you're tired. Yeah, totally. Um, so you want to you wanna use as much of the time where you're most energetic as you can. So one that I'm actually hoping to see, and one that we are all, literally us right here, um, participating in right now, um, is kind of these hubs for support for people who are feeling... Um, not necessarily insecure, but a little, uh, a little tense about their positions. So um, this is actually just something that I would like to see, speaking to all of my friends, something that I found everybody feels in the first year of their professional career, whether they're male or female, um, even not, not so much about age, but just about how long you've been working. Um, there seems to be this like global idea that people will be found out and, uh, as somebody who isn't necessarily as good at their job as perceived. Um, so I'm looking at people from, you know, completely different industries, people who are in media, people who are in advertising, whatever, all feeling a common kind of fear um, mm -hmm. that they aren't all that their bosses think are cracked up to be. Um, so kind of these these support groups, like exactly what Gold Zebra does, um, the site I had mentioned earlier, teamcoaches.com, these places where you can go and um, and kind of just talk to others who are just starting out their career. I think that would be a really a really nice trend to see more of. What would you tell the 21-year-old version of yourself about moving mm -hmm. up in the workforce? I would tell her to, to not be afraid to learn new things. Um, I think I would tell her to that full control of where her career goes is not as far off as she thinks that it is. Um, that's something that you can, and I talk about this a lot, um, that's something that you can achieve with communication. Um, something that uh, I, I think I did talk about briefly today, but I would like to speak a little bit more about, is um, fostering a good relationship with your managers. Um, so the person who actually hired me on originally as an intern is the person who's still managing me today. That's our president, Shelby Walsh. And um, she's generally a great manager, but particularly with me, um, she, I, like you could feel from both her and Jeremy that they 
legitimately wanted to see me do well. And that's something that I think um, if you are somebody who wants to end up in a management position, uh, you should take with you along the entire way. Um, at the same time, though, even if you're not currently a manager, if you're somebody who's being managed, don't be afraid to ask for that kind of nourishing relationship um, because it is essentially what will, what will help you work to your full potential. Yeah, and Shelby's really a prime example of like an amazing Gen Wire um, from in Canada. I know she was like one of Marketing Magazine's top 30 under 30. Yeah. And like yeah. that was before she even transitioned into the president role at Trend Hunter. So exactly. She's yeah. Also kind of a big deal, which is really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's all the time we have today. And I really appreciate you talking with us, Armida. I know that there's been a lot of really good nuggets uh, that you've talked about that people can take from our discussions if 